Hello and welcome to another episode of the Prop Swap Podcast. We are your hosts, Ian Epstein. And Luke Pergandy. And we are also the founders of PropSwap, the first marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We've got an absolutely loaded episode for you. Uh, We'll do a quick recap of the NFL draft. Uh, We will get into some of the uh, upsets uh, that happened in round one of the NBA playoffs. Uh, But first, we have to start with the Stanley Cup playoffs. The top two favorites entering uh, this postseason out in the first round. Bruins, who set records for the best regular season ever, lose game seven at home. Uh, the The Bruins hadn't lost three in a row the whole season. Uh, and then the defending champion Avalanche lose game seven at home as well. Uh, a, a bet MGM trader was quoted as saying Sunday was, quote, a futures killer night in, in hockey. Uh, and so um, we'll, we'll get to some of the other st- other news and notes. But Luke, what were your takeaways from uh, from Sunday's games? Yeah, I'll let um, you address the Avs game since you were there, which is super cool. Um, my takeaway on the Bruins was, I mean, we were selling tickets at like below two to one. I feel um, on the Bruins, like this team was super popular and props up. Of course, that mirrors how popular they were in the primary markets at the book. So um, nobody thought this team could lose. And for them to blow a 3-1 lead uh, and to lose a game seven in the garden, like it's embarrassing. Um, There's no other way to describe it. So um, Matthew Kachuk, uh, son of of Keith Kachuk, legendary uh, Phoenix Coyotes defenseman, Matthew Kachuk, his son is on the Panthers. He's an animal. He's one of the leaders, kind of like a, a bully plus a you know, clearly a vocal leader for the team. Um, so just, you know, amazing for the Panthers to to do that from a, a city, you know, they, they play in like Fort Lauderdale. It's like an hour north of Miami. For them to go into Boston and, and win a game seven is is really cool. Yeah. Um, got up early 2-0. And then you kind of knew the Bruins were going to were gonna come back and tie at some point. But Bruins come all the way back, tie it, then take the lead. And yeah. then Panthers don't give up. Score with a minute under a minute left, and then and then win it in overtime. So yeah, uh, incredible uh, performance, and just I would say utter utter disappointment. Um, I was thinking today, like this actually might be one of the rare cases where um, a favorite going down might actually like not be great for prop swap because like to your point, like it was just they were such a popular ticket being bought and sold, and you know they weren't favored all year long. Like they opened the season at twenty eight to one, so it yeah. was like this kind of nice combination of people who had long shot tickets who got in earlier. And, um, you know, it's like, I was thinking like, you know, if we get a, uh, a Carolina, Florida, uh, Eastern conference final, like not that exciting. Um, yeah. so, uh, yeah, one of the rare cases, you know, it, it's still going to be, you know, great no matter what now, because it just opens up the door and, uh, I'll, I'll actually, I'll, I'll get into that. Uh, I'll, I'll get into the abs game in a second, but um, you know, fr- fresh off winning their first playoff series since 2004, the Toronto Maple Leafs are now the new favorite to win the Stanley Cup. And then, despite the Oilers never reaching the Stanley Cup final during the Connor McDavid era, era which we uh, discussed uh, a few weeks ago, Edmonton is now the favorite to win the West, which I'm was shocked and maybe i'm just a homer i was shocked that the oilers are favored against the knights in that series even though the knights have home ice advantage um but then 
this second round uh, features three first-time playoff matchups, and that's the first time that's happened since 2003. So going to be lots of uh, cool, new, and exciting matchups because the way the NHL has uh, structured it is that they want to have a bunch of repeat, you know, like match uh, rivalries from the regular season in the second round, but uh, that is not what we are getting, uh, three first-time playoff, playoff matchups. Um, and then, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to attend Game 7 of the Avalanche uh, Kraken. Um, and uh, you know, my takeaways were uh, it was an electric atmosphere. Um, you know, I, I've been to a couple of Avalanche games of the regular season. And you could, you know, in these playoff games, you can always tell, like, people are in their seats, ready to go super early. Like, you know, no one's just, like, trickling in down to the into their seat, like, you know, as the game starts. And so the crowd was jumping and the abs just started like uh, they just hopped on the crack and like they were they were putting all these shots on goal and everyone's like oh man like you know they're, they're dominating this game and then you and then at the end of the first period you look up and it's zero zero and the abs are like out shooting them like it was like 16 to 6 i want to say like shots on goal it was something crazy and i remember I, I turned to the guy behind me and i was like if the if the kraken get the first goal and it's like some fluke goal it's going to get start getting real nervous in here. And that's exactly what happened. Crack, crack and get on the board first. Fluke, uh, fluke goal. Um, and then obviously the, the turning point of the game was when it was 2-1 Kraken and the abs uh, scored to tie it up. And everyone's going crazy, right? You know, game's tied. Momentum's back on the on Colorado side. And in, in the arena, you didn't realize that uh, Seattle had challenged the play. And, you know, there's like kind of this delay or whatever, and you're not really realizing it. And then it's just like the ref gets on the mic and he's like, offsides, no goal. And everyone's like, what? And, you know, and then they show the replay on the, like, they show maybe like one, maybe two replays on the Jumbotron. And we saw it, and you're like, and I was like, I was like, yeah, I, you know, barely, but yeah, you know, by the letter of the law, that, that, that was uh, offsides. And um, that was the end of the scoring uh, in that game. So uh, definitely a very defeated crowd. And, you could just tell that nervous energy once like, you know, none of the first 20 something shots went in, like the, the Colorado was playing a little tense after that. Yeah. Was, um, was Philip Grubauer, the goalie for the Kraken? Um, yeah. The, uh, the, uh, the, for, he, he was the, the former, uh, the he's former, a, he's uh, abs goalie. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, you know, it was, it was an ugly win if I've ever seen it, but a win is a win. And, um, you know, as, as I mentioned, I'm 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 more of a Golden Knights fan, and I, I was thinking, I was like, if that was the Golden Knights in a Game Seven, I would be inconsolable for hours, maybe maybe a few days, because that was yeah. just such a brutal, like, just put one in, like you're just peppering them with shots, just please put one in. Um, so, but yeah, uh, Denver's now on to uh, it's now Nuggy season uh, here in uh, here in Denver. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, really cool. Um, you know, nothing like a nothing like a playoff game in general, but then a game seven, um, yep. it was definitely a, 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 a great environment. Yep. Uh, for a team that had Stanley Cup hopes, you know, were the favorite. Um, you know, by that point, the Bruins had already lost. So, you know, I'm sure the Avalanche knew that. The players. And oh, yeah. They, they, they did that update during the game. Like, it was like they, like they showed an update during the game. So everyone in that stadium knew that the yeah. Bruins had lost. Oh. Yeah, so uh, you you know if you're on the Avs, you're and even front office, but the players are like, all right, this this Stanley Cup's ours to capture now and to lose to a a second year team that you know of course was an expansion team just a season and a half ago is is pretty embarrassing. Embarrassing for Boston, embarrassing for for the Avs. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, you know, shame on them if, if that's if like they were looking ahead to be like, oh, the Bruins are out now. So now it's like, you know, it's like you got to focus on the game you got in front of you. And, uh, you know, it, you don't get to a game seven by accident by, you know, being, you know, by being, you know, that that much better. If, you, if you're if you're uh, at a game seven, you know, a la the, the Bruins blowing a three one series lead. Um, and then switching sports, uh, got to talk about the NBA playoffs uh, once again. Uh, as we, you know, just, just more upsets, right? The, so here's, here's a stat for you. The largest sum of winning seeds in round one of the NBA playoffs since 1984, uh, that's when the playoffs expanded to 16 teams, right? So if you add up all of the seed numbers of the eight winning teams from round one, here are the, uh, the top three since 1984. In 99, it was 30. In 2007, it was 31. But in 2023, this year, it is 36. So by far, uh, the the largest sum of winning seeds after round one uh, is is this year. Um, and I guess I'm, I'm skipping ahead here a little bit. But uh, a couple weeks ago, we we I, I brought up the fact that like the last four years, a long shot has reached the conference finals. Um, you know, it was the the Mavericks last year, the Hawks the year before that, the Heat, the Trailblazers, um, and now with this with this Heat uh, Knicks series, we are now going to be guaranteed to get a long shot in the conference yeah. finals. Um, and so, uh, you know, here's just some uh, previous odds for you. On on February first, the Knicks were 110 to one to win the East. Uh, and then before the playoffs started, because obviously the Heat were a, were a playing team, the Heat were sixty to one to to win the East. Uh, and so uh, those are those are uh, like I said, guaranteed to get a huge long shot in the East. Because those aren't odds to win the championship. Again, those are odds to to win the East. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, he, the Heat almost lost to the Bulls in that playing game. <laughs> the Bulls stink, you know. Right. Um, the oh, Heat yeah. lost to the Hawks, and then the and then for their lives they had to uh, they had to beat the Bulls, which was uh, which the they should have lost, almost lost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but let's you know let's talk about the, the legend of, uh, of of Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Uh, that series win over the Bucks as a plus seven fifty underdog is the fifth biggest upset in NBA playoff history since nineteen ninety eight. I guess I messed that up, but since nineteen ninety eight, fifth biggest uh, upset in uh, in NBA playoffs. Um, after the Bucks won Game Two to even that series at one to one, the Heat were 170, 170 to one to win the finals, and now they are down to twenty to one to win the finals. Um, and so, you know, I guess I'll, I'll ask you like any any takeaways from just that that uh, impressive Heat win and and now taking Game One against New York. Yeah, I mean, look, we we talked a little bit about it last week. I, I just. Jimmy Butler being a former Chicago Bull, former 76er, followed both of those teams really closely, Chicago and Philly. Like, who, who who doesn't want this man in your basketball team? He just, he continues to amaze in the postseason. He's super fun to watch. He's aggressive. He's he's uh, vocal. He's just he's just an awesome player. So um, kudos to him to doing it. Um, would love for them to keep winning. I hope people have been taking advantage of, you know, we, we talked about NBA teams, to your point, a few minutes ago of getting long shot teams getting to the semis and being able to sell those on props. So I hope people took advantage of grabbing some heat tickets or grabbing some Knicks tickets. Those are worth a ton of cash right now. And, you know, do I think either of these two teams win the NBA finals? I don't. So, but it doesn't matter. Obviously with us, with props up, your team doesn't have to win. So 
hopefully people are taking advantage of either of those two teams. And now with Philly winning game one, I mean, you know, Boston's still favored to, to win that series, but I mean, you know, uh, when I, when I kind of wrote the, the rundown this afternoon, it was all kind of assuming, yeah, obviously Boston's going to win that series. And you know, they'll, they'll, they'll whoever the, that winner is will play Boston in the Eastern Conference finals, which I, I still think Boston, you know, should be favored, but um, definitely not a lock anymore. I mean, it was, that's those series guys were crazy high for Boston uh, entering game one. And, uh, and I think now it's like down to Boston minus 170 to, to win the series, but it was like minus 600 or higher maybe uh, to win the yeah. series um, earlier today. Yeah, no, I mean, we talked um, last week, like um, with, with Joel Embiid's injury, like I didn't think they could beat this Boston team. Like I, uh, I thought that if Joe is healthy, if Embiid is healthy that they could beat him, but it seemed like his health is a problem. And, and it still is like, he obviously didn't play game one. We don't know his status for game two, but um, you know, Boston was a double digit favorite on, for tonight's game. So, yeah. The, the other thing I was thinking about is if you look at the, the head coaches of the four teams in the East, the Boston's at a serious disadvantage, right? You got doc rivers for, you know, champion, you know, say what you will, but he's, he's won championships before and, and taken teams, you know, deep in the playoffs. You got Eric Spolcher, who I think is probably the yeah. best, you know, one of the best, if not the best coach in the league in Miami. Yeah. And you got Tom Thibodeau who, you know, love him or hate him. He's, 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 a, he's a, he's a really good coach. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, not necessarily their fault, but you got this guy like Joe, Joe Maz uh, in Boston, uh, who was just kind of thrown into the role after Ime Udoka was, uh, was let go over the summer. And um, I mean, it's, I mean, it's been talked about all season long that, that Boston's coach is, is not that good. And um, you know, if it is, let's say Boston, you know, Miami, maybe the talent will win out, but um, Spolster will run circles around, around uh, Joe Maz in a, in a playoff series. So I definitely think that's something to keep an eye on that, I think may come back to bot to bite Boston uh, at at some point. Um, but yeah, man, brutal couple of days for Boston. For both those games took place uh, in in the Garden, so brutal yeah. uh, couple of days for uh, for Boston fans. But you know what? I think you know the the, the they've been doing all right the last uh, couple of decades. Yeah, yeah. most it's the most successful city. Um, certainly, since you and I have been been following sports over the last fifteen years, Boston's far and away the most successful team. So I'm not going to get my violin out for him anytime soon. No. Um, and then switching conferences, uh, we talked about last week, this massive um, parlay uh, that was like a $200 bet to collect $300,000. Um, six legs, the first five legs are in, and it hinges on uh, Warriors to win the finals. Um, as I'm sure you guys all know, Warriors had a game seven on Sunday against Sacramento in Sacramento after losing. Um, you know, the Warriors had a chance to close it out at home uh, game six uh, lost quite quite badly um, and then had to go on the road game seven. Entering game seven, that ticket was worth $25,000. Um, and you you exchanged a couple of text messages with him. Turns out the uh, the owner of this ticket was uh, was not too concerned uh, entering entering uh, game seven, no? So I haven't talked on the phone with him. Um, Darren Ravel was looking to write an article. At least he told me he was on Sunday morning. Um, so hopefully that happens. But um, the this was his bachelor party. It was this kid's, you know, you obviously have your bachelor party weekend planned for months in advance. And who, you know, <laughs> who's predicting like, oh, well, the last weekend of April is going to be the weekend where I may be uh, – advancing or not advancing with a $300,000 parlay. <laughs> so, you know, sports happen and, you know, uh, 
there's nothing you can do. I mean, you can't you can't cancel the bachelor party. So he was flying during the game, and um, you know, I don't know if his plane had had Wi-Fi or was able to stream the game in the air. But as far as I'm aware, he was unable to watch that game. So pretty, uh, he had to be pretty happy when he opened up his phone once he landed back in Chicago. Wow. Um, but you know, he 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 had made that decision, you know, prior to getting on that plane that he wasn't going to hedge. Or, you know, if he did, he wasn't, you know, he didn't, he didn't say that to, to, to you about like, yeah, I made a bet on the Kings money line or whatever. I don't think he hedged. Uh, I think he would have told me that. Um, and obviously did not sell the bet. Um, so I'm happy for him. Take it lives on. Hopefully we get another chance to sell it. And, um, you know, but yeah, I mean, take, take some stones to, to not list a ticket for 25,000 in a, in a game seven in Sacramento against a young team that in game six, look, game six looked like the better team. Yeah. Um, honestly, maybe the bat, being on that flight helped him. Cause it was like, he was almost powerless, you know, to hedge it. Right. Versus like, yeah. if he was like sitting at home and just like kind of freaking out about it, maybe that would have, that would have forced him to, you know, throw some sort of hedge or, or, or sell it. But like, it's almost like that, that ability got taken out of his hands by the bachelor party and being on the flight that like, you know, maybe it, uh, you know, also yeah. like, I think I feel like people just feel, people feel, feel, feel like it's like their lucky day, lucky weekend, right. When it's your bachelor party. So it's just like, you know, probably rolling with the, the good vibes there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just to wrap that up. So that is, of course, that would collect 300,000, the warriors. And then one of our friends has a $60,000 collect Lakers, future um so it'll be interesting if either of those two parties sell had a had a uh, conversation with the owner of that lakers bet over the weekend i was like look like sell this thing for you know eight thousand and just take four thousand and go rebet the lakers at ten to one and you got another forty thousand ticket in your pocket and you can put 4k in your in um you know a forty thousand ticket that could pay out and then four thousand dollars in your pocket so more to come on that but it's funny because both sides are telling me my team's going to win, win the NBA finals, which of sure. course, right. you know, right. um, only one of those teams is winning. Uh, yeah, I, I would, I would, let me fact check that. Yep. Fact check. Uh, only one of those two teams uh, is yeah. able to win the series. Um, and then I guess I, I was going to make one other note that that Warriors parlay is now up to $46,000 uh, market value uh, on prop swap. So, uh, that's going to be a decision to make. 46, yeah. 46 G's. Yeah. And just last point, I mean, we'll hopefully continue to talk about this as we get more content uh, surrounding it. But the reason that, so he originally said he's not going to sell. And then apparently talked to his wife. Uh, well, I guess must have been his fiance. Apparently talked to his fiance and she was like, you need to sell this thing now. <laughs> and then he came to PropSwap got the market value and maybe you know obviously she has no clue how to value these things similar to most sports but i don't know how to value the sports bets but um so i i'm gonna keep pushing on the wife angle like hey like please talk to your wife to your fiance like and see what yeah. her take is on this yeah just maybe start saying them like you know what uh you know some nice honeymoon trips that happen to cost uh you know a couple you know yeah. 10 dollars yeah. and be like you know this yeah. it could pay for this you know yeah. um yeah, so uh, more to come on on all those stories. Uh, and then finally, before we get into a little stake or swap, I thought we had to go over the the uh, NFL draft recap. Um, spoiler alert, the experts know nothing. Um, it was, you know, it was, I, I was excited before the draft. 
And then I think like day day of the draft, I was like, honestly, this is just like all too much to follow. And I'm just like, I'm my head is kind of spinning with all these like rumors and odds. I mean, you know, the the initial rumor that came out last week that that came out after we we recorded our podcast was this whole like Reddit thread. Uh, or maybe maybe we did talk about last week, but read a thread about Will Levis telling his friends he's going number one, which obviously could not have been further from the truth. I mean, I, someone told me someone told me about that thread, and he had some idea of like you know of that it being like slightly true, and I was like, this has GameStop Reddit meme stonk you know written written all over it. Um, so I didn't believe that, but it did bring Bryce Young's odds down from minus two thousand to minus fourteen hundred to go to number one overall, which it may not sound like a lot, but like that's a significant move to, to to happen just off of like some Reddit thread. And once again, a couple weeks ago, we talked about, you know, I asked you, will there be, you know, kind of one more crazy odds move in regards to the number one pick? And, you know, sure, yes, Bryce Young, you know, the lowest he got was minus 1400, but still there was, there was kind of one last fake, you know, steam move, um, but, but before the draft started. Um, but then, so yeah, so I, I thought I would kind of go over the picks number two through five, because, um, like I said, the, the experts don't know anything and, uh, I'm just going to read off to you what, what the odds were on, on Thursday morning, the, the day of the draft. CJ Stroud was real quick, just like experts, like Mel Kuyper, who are we talking about? So, you know, yeah, we know yeah, like Mel Kuyper, you know, the, the, the guys who get paid to create these mock drafts, right. For months and months and months who get paid to be talking to teams and evaluating and no one had this, right. I mean, you look at anything, you I mean, so, you know, cause I'm going to go over these odds and if, if all the experts agreed on something, the only thing they agreed on was Bryce on going number one after that, you know, they were wrong about, about everything. Right. So like, for example, all the experts leading up the draft were saying Houston's not taking a quarterback, right. You know, they just hired uh, the former D coordinator from San Francisco. You know, they're going to take a defensive guy like Will Anderson. Like they don't like these quarterbacks and they're just going to maybe punt, you know, maybe just maybe tank another year and try and get Caleb Williams. That was what they were all saying, right. Mm -hmm. Texans not taking, not taking a quarterback at number two. So hence CJ Stroud was six to one to go number two on Thursday morning. He goes number two, right? And there was, as we both talked, we talked about offline, there was a, just a giant massive move, like an hour before the draft started. It was like, Oh, something yeah. leaked. Yeah. Um, it got leaked for sure. Yeah. So that was, that was upset. Number one. And then, uh, Thursday morning, Will Anderson was 11 to one to be selected third overall. Cause again, it was assumed he was going second. Right, and that he he wouldn't be there at number three. So Will Anderson was uh, was eleven to one to be selected third overall. Which you know, by the way, no, also no one had the fact that Texans were going to trade back up. To, we're going to make a trade to go to three uh, and have the second and third picks. Um, so that was um, yeah. So Will Anderson eleven to one to go number three. That was a big upset. Uh, Anthony Richardson was actually plus one fifty to be selected fourth overall. So that was. Um, so, and that was Thursday morning, but when the draft started, right, when the odds came down at the time the telecast started, Richardson was five to one to be selected uh, uh, fourth overall. Uh, and by the way, I might add that I completely whiffed on my stake or swap pick last week when, when I was like, I was like, look, bet Richardson to be selected fifth and bet the over four and a half because there's no way he's going top four. And then, uh, you know, Jim Ursay just did Jim Ursay things. Yeah, mo most stunning pick of the whole draft. Um, I thought, 
Yeah, I'll let you finish this this recap. But that was the most sunny pick of the whole draft was the Colts taking Anthony Richardson. I'm I'm floored by that. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll get back to that in a second. But the the biggest upset of them all came at number five. Jalen Carter closed as a minus one seventy favorite to go fifth. Like literally at what eight p.m. Eastern. Jalen Carter minus one seventy. And this is after you know all you know rumor you know like eighth you know the the stuff had dropped about C.J. Stroud. Uh, Will Anderson became a huge favorite here, number three. So Carter minus one seventy to go fifth. But it was Devin Witherspoon who was selected by the Seahawks. And he was 33 to one at 8 p.m. Eastern. Um, so once again, um, picks two through, f- those, those are just picks two through five. Yeah. Um, and it was just upsets all over the board. Yeah. Um, don't understand the Anthony Richardson pick. Um, 13 started, you know, I'm, I'm bruised by the Mitch Trubisky selection by the Bears, you know, eight years ago now. Um, just because he had so few college stars. And my my takeaway from that was you just can't risk taking a quarterback who's had under, let's just make up a number, 20 college starts. And um, for Anthony Richardson, who even in his 13 starts didn't look that sharp during those 13 games, like I was absolutely floored. The Colts don't really seem like that type of team that loves to take on a project. They're not really, they never really had a mobile quarterback. Granted, Andrew Luck, like, was mobile enough, but like Anthony Richardson, of course, is way more mobile. Andrew Luck was like the unanimous best player of uh, in people were saying in, in years to come into the draft. So completely different quarterback, Anthony Richardson, to Andrew Luck. So yeah, just absolutely crazy that they took, they took him. Yeah. Um, and the other reason why I was kicking myself is because like, I liked Anthony Richardson. I was like, I was like, I thought I was like, kind of like, on yeah. team Richardson yeah. by saying, Hey, he yeah. might go fifth, right? Like, you know, cause no one had him as a top five pick, you know, uh, months ago. Right. And so the things I don't get are, is, I mean, listen, I, I get take, I was never Will Levis fan. And so like, it seemed like Will Levis and Richardson were kind of both projects, maybe Levis a little less of a project, but like the ceiling of Richardson, it was way higher than Levis. So I, I get taking Richardson ahead of Levis, but if I'm the Colts, are you telling me the Colts couldn't have made a better trade with the Bears to go number one if, like, they knew they wanted to take a quarterback? It's like, I, I just feel like if the Colts, they could have they could have given the, the Bears the fourth pick and, you know, maybe something and, and maybe some other stuff. Um, I, don't, I just feel like the Colts, if the Colts really wanted a, knew they wanted a quarterback, they could have maybe probably made a better run, a, a bigger run at the number one pick for, uh, from the Bears than, than the Panthers. I mean, I think Ursay said if – they were the number one pick. They would have taken Anthony Richardson. Like Ursay really? said that in an interview. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe, maybe you have to say that uh, after the fact, but yeah. you know what? Honestly, yeah. I wouldn't put anything past, I wouldn't put anything past uh, Ursay at this point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just uh, shocks all over the board. And uh, once again, I mean, that, that was a great draft. And um, yeah, a lot of I mean, fun. everyone's already saying next year, Caleb Williams is going to be the consensus number one pick. But, um, you know, the, the action starts after one, in my opinion. I, we, I had a long discussion in my group, my Bears group chat, just for the Chicago high school buddies. I honestly think Marvin Harrison could go number one. <laughs> like he's so good. Um, so it, it, at at worst case, I could totally see a Caleb Williams one, Marvin Harrison two, draft next year. So um, yeah, just ton of fun to bet on. It's football in you know April. Uh, everyone's got 
you know, every, everyone's team is picking someone. So everyone's, you know, excited about it. It's, it's, it's a ton of fun, really, really fun event. And on a Thursday night with, in the middle of NBA and NHL playoffs, like, did you see the ratings? Like yeah, the ratings, crazy. the ratings were better than, and I think any, any, any Stanley cup ever, um, any golf tournament besides the masters, like, just ratings are through the roof on something that has nothing to do with competition. It's just a list of players getting selected. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, NFL's king. And, and it's on, it was on three networks, which I'm not sure what, what, if that matters or anything. But um, all right. Something else that, uh, that also gets a lot of ratings. It is now time for Steak or Swap. First up, we'll uh, be going back to uh, to the ice, talking a little Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, first team we'll discuss are the Carolina Hurricanes, currently seven to one at like every sports book. Um, I will go first. I will stake the Hurricanes. Uh, this is their fifth straight year in the postseason, winning at least one series. So this is a, a battle-tested team. Um, they went to seven games uh, against the Rangers last year. The loss to the eventual champion, Lightning, the year before that. So, I mean, this is a solid team um, that that has a, a lot of playoff experience. Uh, their series uh, ended on Friday. And so they will have four days off uh, between that series ending and their the series against uh, the second round series beginning, uh, as opposed to the Devils, who just, you know, won uh, in a game seven. They'll have one day off. So, um, hurricanes are going to be much more rested, uh, than, than the devils, uh, coming, coming down to Carolina. Um, but just throwing out a couple stats here, um, Carolina ranks second in the regular season in goals against, uh, behind only the Bruins. Uh, so I guess you could say now they're, they're first, uh, and the, uh, are currently second in the postseason as well in terms of goals against. So they're a great defensive team, uh, good goalie. Uh, and then last step. The, the won their division uh, and now will have home ice throughout the Eastern Conference round. So they are the they are the top seed in the East, uh, and they were 20, 28, 10, and 3 at home, uh, better than all of the other remaining uh, East teams. So, um, you know, I think 7-1, to one, uh, I, I, would, I would much rather take the Hurricanes than the Maple Leafs, uh, given all of those uh, stats. Completely agree. Um... Also going to stake the Hurricanes at seven to one. Totally agree with all that logic. I don't understand the Leafs' steam. Um, Austin Matthews is obviously one of the best players ever. And he's American born. I'm rooting for him. Trust me. Like I, I want Austin Matthews to succeed. But outside of that, the Leafs just aren't that good. Honestly, like I, I just don't trust that team enough. And then from a value perspective, you know, if I'm getting almost double my money, so you know, the Leafs are plus 350 at DraftKings right now. Like you said, the Hurricanes are 7-1. to one. I can get double my money on a team that's like, you know, let's say 10% worse than the than the Leafs are. The Leafs are overall a more, a, uh, more talented team from top to bottom, but the Hurricanes have scores. They're good at defense. Hurricanes have been good the whole season. So, um, yeah, I just think, honestly, they don't get that much love because they're in a non-hockey market. And uh, people just don't pay attention to them. So I totally agree with you. Seven to one, stake the Hurricanes. 
Yeah, they, they don't have any superstars like the Maple Leafs do, to, you know, Tavares and, and Matthews. But the, I mean, like, I don't follow hockey that closely, but they got guys I know, you know, a, like Sebastian Aho, like, I, I know him. He, he's been around. Um, you know, they got that Brent Burns, to, you know, defender who's been here, been around for a million years. Uh, yep. And so, you know, they, they got they got dudes. They, they're just not, you know, uh, glitz and glamour like the like the Maple Leafs are. And um, I don't know if you heard me, but the Maple Leafs just won their first playoff series in two decades. So, um, you know, it's I always think I'll I'll always bet on experience uh, in, in the playoffs. Um, and then uh, second team we're going to talk about going back to uh, NBA, uh, the L.A. Lakers, who I thought might have been dead earlier this season and would be giving the lottery pick to the Pelicans. But nope, uh, they beat the Grizzlies uh, quite convincingly currently 10 to one uh at FanDuel to win the NBA championship uh Luke we will start with you are you staking or swapping the Lakers yeah I am going to stake the Lakers at 10 to one um I was going to stake the Sixers I woke up this morning thinking of taking the Sixers but uh of course we recorded this after they go into Boston and steal game one so those odds cratered hopefully um you followed our advice about a month ago and we gave out the Sixers to state them, but transition to the Lakers. So the Lakers are 10 to 1 at FanDuel. The plus 750 at Caesar is right there, value right there. Buy it at 10 to 1 at FanDuel, post it on props off for the 30% profit, you're making money. Would put the price discrepancy aside. This Austin Reeves kid, man. Like, I saw, I went to the Bulls Lakers game at the end of the regular season in Chicago. Like, this kid is literally from an eyeball test. He looked just as good as Zach Levine or DeRozan, probably not LeBron, obviously, but. You know, outside of LeBron, like, this kid is really good. Um, I don't really understand why he didn't tear it up at Oklahoma. He was good at Oklahoma, but it seemed like he didn't tear it up there. So he had, I was looking up his stats before he hopped on, like, you know, 18 points a game in his uh, final season at Oklahoma, 15 points a game in his, uh, his first season there. So kind of weird, man. Like, it just, it seems like, Obviously, he's learning from one the, one of the best players ever with LeBron, so perhaps that's accelerated his growth as a player. But that kid's really good, and obviously, they have a guy named LeBron James and Anthony Davis, two guys named you know LeBron James and Anthony Davis that are playing for the Lakers. So, um, yeah, man, I think they beat the Warriors. Oh, and then we talked uh, a couple episodes ago about fatigue. So I looked into what are NBA teams records after winning a game seven in the following series? So like how much does fatigue play into the next series answer is 34 and 45. So teams are 34 and 45 after getting forced to a game seven. And your point was this team's the Warriors team is older than you know your average team. So that's going to weigh on them even more. So, um, you know, I'm concerned that the Warriors will just be exhausted from that from that long King series where they, you know, it was a fast and furious series, a lot of physicality. So for all those reasons, um staking the Lakers at 10 to 1. Yeah. Um I am going to stake the Lakers as well. I mean, obviously this is a huge ca- I'm gonna put a huge caveat on this that you know is very obvious, but I mean it's all dependent on whether A D can stay healthy on the floor. Like if, if A D gets hurt, they are they are toast. He is so important to them. You know, he carried this team when when LeBron went down for uh, a couple weeks. Um and he's you know he because like the, the the Warriors Draymond Green is not the Draymond Green of old and like 
if Davis is at his peak game, he could dominate the 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 Warriors down low. And so I think that that that's the biggest thing. Um, and you know, it, let's not forget. I mean, Steph Curry broke the record for most points scored in a game seven. Like if he didn't drop fifty in that game seven, you know, the, the, Jordan Poole looked like he could not be out there. Uh, Clay was having a bad game. So like, I mean, Steph had to put this entire team on his back. Um, and you know, it's funny, when when LeBron has a good team around him, he can carry a team to the to the champion to the finals like i mean we see we saw in cleveland obviously he's older now but um he's he he knows how to save himself for these fourth quarters and uh like i said if, if anthony davis stays healthy i i legit think the lakers are the better team uh with you know some of the the trade you know jared vanderbilt who they picked up at the trade deadline uh, has been a huge help for them ruby hachimura has played like crucial minutes for them uh and so yeah i i think uh I think Lakers legit might be the 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 better team, and you know, well, I, I Warriors still, man. It, it, short of a fifty point game, Warriors still got to show me that they can win consistently uh, on the road. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with the Lakers. Uh, so yeah, that will uh, that will do it for for this week's episode. Uh, quick housekeeping note: um, we actually going to take next week off. Luke and I are traveling to. Uh, beautiful East Rutherford, New Jersey, uh, for a a big sports betting conference. It's called SBC. Uh, and so, if uh, if you're out there, definitely drop us a line. Uh, we'd love to talk, meet. Uh, we'll be out there, just uh, shaking hands and uh, and kissing babies out there at uh, at SBC. So, uh, if you don't hear from us next week, uh, have a have a great week. Please uh, subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating, and we will talk to you in two weeks. <laughs>